Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Drawn Today podcast, where we encourage you to draw every day. The Drawn Today podcast is produced by the members of the DrawnToday.com blog, where we share our paintings, doodles, daily drawings with each other, our friends, and the world at large. Today we talk with Adam Paquette, a great illustrator and a great friend. We talk about what it means to be an artist, what we're trying to put into the world, what we do when we have time to do anything we want. Take a listen and enjoy. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm yeah, leaving, me too. I'm, I'm leaving that in. <laughs> <laughs> so, hello and welcome to the 26th or possibly the 27th Drawn Today podcast. I'm here with one regular and one very special guest. All of us know each other from the Illustration Masterclass. We'll go around and do introductions, and we'll start with Aaron. Hi, Aaron Miller at AaronBMiller.com. And our very special guest, Adam. Hi, Adam Paquette at uh, AdamPaquette.blogspot.com. And this is Mark Sheff, www.markchef.com. Tonight, tonight we're talking a little bit about a topic that Adam actually suggested a long time ago to me uh, when we were talking about doing podcasts and the kind of things that we'd like to hear. And one, things that, one thing that we wanted to talk about and Aaron is interested in talking about is basically the life of an artist outside of business. We talk a lot about how to work your portfolio, how to talk to art directors, how to get work, all this stuff. But there's a lot that goes on outside of work that makes up who we are as artists. Uh, everything from, you know, who we are, who we are socially to, you know, who, the, the kind of people we are when it comes to risk-taking, what we do when we hit slumps, how we feel about, you know, what we're doing in the world. These are all things that we're going to talk about at least in some fashion tonight. So, this is pretty open-ended, guys. Uh, is there anywhere that you guys want to begin? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the reason that I guess I emailed, started this email around was this idea of, um, you know, I've listened to a lot of your guys' podcasts, and <clears throat> it seems like there's so much to focus on in terms of getting where you want to be commercially and, and getting those ducks in a row and, and what do you do when you go to conventions and, you know, how do you act around art directors and things like that. And it seems like no matter how well prepared you are and how good you are at all of those things, there's always going to come a point when things go wrong or things go, as we were talking about yesterday, tremendously right and you, you suddenly have all of this free time and you have to fall back on what it means for you to be an artist. So when that happens, you know, what aspect of your creative life do you turn to to find inspiration and, and, and motivation? Yeah, no, I definitely res resonate with that right now in terms of in terms of having some free time to to do my own work and really examining what it is to to do that. It's been it's been really great. It's been a little bit confronting because you know, I just got a full-time job as a concept artist, so now my free my free time I've I've freed up a little bit from needing to hustle for freelance work as much, and so that's that just as background that's that's where I'm at right now, and so all of a sudden, 
I have a choice about what it is that I want to do. And it's really had me thinking about who, again, who I am as an artist. And I'm not saying that I'm moving away from anything that I was doing necessarily, but I'm definitely moving towards stuff that feels more personally mine. When I'm doing work for clients, it's not always the case that I have a lot of choice because clients typically want you to do stuff that they've seen you do because they see your work, they like it, and they say, you know, we want to hire that guy for that kind of work. So if I'm going to be taking risks, it's usually in my personal work. I've been fortunate, actually, to have a couple of clients who, who were interested in hiring me for, you know, some portrait commissions. And I part of the deal was... I could do it however I wanted to do it. And I was able to take some risks and I think they paid off. I think, I think it's some of my better work. You don't, you don't always get that with a client. So having that free time, you know, what would you do? I mean, maybe you guys can answer the question. What if you, you know, if money were no object, so to speak, if, if you had free time to do whatever it is that you wanted to create, what would it be? Wow, that's a really good question. <laughs> well, you got to answer it, buddy. I have been thinking about that. <laughs> um, I think that um, when you're in a position of trying to learn, though, those kinds of obstacles are either really easy for someone to think of because they've always been doing it, or it can be a struggle. And, you know, that's something that's been more of a struggle in my past, the, that that freedom to do anything after work can sometimes be stifling. And right now, I think the best thing that someone can do if they're in that position where they are unsure of what they might want to do is, is, I would say, you know, life drawing and plein air painting, all, all those things are are hard to go wrong with. And, and I feel like that if money were no object right now, th those are the kinds of things that I'd prob probably be drawn to because they're extremely difficult, especially in the city, city painting. Yeah. Um, I, as, I think some an, of the... Oh, I was just going to say, as an aside, it, it doesn't... I was talking to Adam about this earlier, too. I don't think it's necessarily has to happen when, quote unquote, money's no object. But also, you know, if you find yourself with all of a sudden there's a month and you don't have any clients lined up and you're kind of wondering what to do and where to go, you know, you could spend all that time hustling and, and maybe you have to. But if if you if you can sort of eke it out for a couple of weeks, you can use I think you can use that time in much the same way as you could if you know, you were working full time somewhere else and had your evenings free. It's, you know, but basically if you have, if you have time that you have, you know, financially, maybe, maybe you have a couple of weeks that you can, that you can work that you don't need to find work or maybe it's, maybe it's your evenings. You can spend that time doing whatever you want. And, and that's where the question comes from. So I'll, I'll let you continue, Aaron. Sorry for the interruption. Well, that's still, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great valid point. Um, you know, it, I spend a lot of my free time. Well, not a lot of it. I don't have a lot of it, but I do run figure drawing, and I, I plan to get out and do more uh, the plain air stuff because it, it is so challenging. Um, one of the things that I, I, I've been thinking about is is that idea of uh, latching on to something that that you just really fall deeply into to the point where 
you can become an expert at it, uh, whether it's just a subject or a, a style or something that, that you, you hold on to that and you claim it and you're, you're just going to ride that and for as long as you can because you just have the passion for it. And I've wanted to, I want to find that at some point. I'm not in a rush to get there because I'm spending a lot of time learning the process and once I've got my process down, it feels like as it's happening, a lot more things just tend to start opening up a little easier. Yeah, and I think, I think as you said, that, that stuff that you're naturally attracted to in your spare time, like life drawing and plein air painting, is because it is so difficult, that's when you start to develop your style in those difficult moments where you're pushing those boundaries. What, what do you guys think it is, at, and maybe we'll just start with you, Adam, what do you think it is about, it seems like we're really putting some value on the times when we are able to take risks. So what is it, what do you think it is about risk-taking that is so valuable? It seems like we're, we either want to, you know, we either want free time for, for good or for ill, we want free time so that we can take these risks. Like, what's so important about that? Yeah, it's interesting because... This, this month has been really interesting for me. It's the first time in uh, about six or seven years since I started freelancing. And it's been the first time since the very beginning that I haven't had a single deadline or anything on, uh, even if you know in the beginning it may have been a, a self-set portfolio deadline or a non-paying job. But it's the first time in that long that I've really been free. And it's kind of confronting to see how much the work that I've done has affected me, um, especially since starting D&D and magic work about two years ago. And coming out of that long stretch of work and then finding myself with this really broad range of things that I'm inspired to do and that I want to do and struggling against these habits stylistically and, and conceptually, these habits that I've developed, I think the, the value of risk-taking for me is a way to get, get my own voice back from that. Um, and that, that may mean taking time off painting altogether to start reading more or traveling more or doing things that are completely 180 degrees away from the day job, you know. Yeah, you you and I were talking last night. I mean, you, I, 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 I don't know if I can really speak for everybody on our on our podcast, but I mean, certainly more than me. Like you're you're a world traveler. You you go weeks and months at a time in various places and and make it work. What? How does that how does that tie into who you are as an artist? Um. <laughs> Sorry, you told me not to um, but I'm going to be doing it all day. <laughs> it's okay. No, I mean, what's, you know, so it seems like, again, that's a just, it's another question like, you know, that's important to you. Why is that important to you? And, and why do you think that is important to you be, as an artist? It's for the same reason. It, it is, it takes you straight out of your comfort zone. It's, it is a big risk and it, it presents you with a completely different frame of reference. Um, the last big trip that I had was in Bali. Uh, we were there for a little less than six months. And apart from all of the interesting 
voyeuristic side of travel where you, you know you get a window of culture and you you can investigate that and study it and of course relax and do all those other things it was really interesting to see a completely different cultural take on the art scene and in bali they they have no real sense of hierarchy with their with their creative scenes so you'll have an entire village full of guys making these incredibly elaborate wood carvings and they're all doing exactly the same thing and if one person comes up with with an interesting design they'll freely share that with the entire community and then you know everyone will be making them within a week so all of these things confronting these different takes on what you do around the world challenge your assumptions and your your values I guess as as far as how you treat your own creative lifestyle so the more you do that the more you step out of your comfort zone and challenge that I think on the one hand it increases the breadth and the depth of what you uh, have have creatively in your arsenal up there in your mind and also it makes you I guess challenge how am I trying to say this It forces you to question whether what you what you believed about your own rules and regulations that you put on your own art are I, I think really so too. valid or not. I, I think it actually, uh, you know, just to tie it into life outside art. I mean, I think that it really ties into who. I'm not going to speak in general terms. I think that I think that my experience meeting you guys and people through the master class and the other illustrators who you know who are doing this work the guys doing magic the guys doing D&D the guys doing the book covers talking to all these guys there's a real there's a real sense of sharing and generosity and i feel like i feel like that bleeds through into our our, our daily lives i think that um I, you know, I think that like meeting, meeting a guy like you, Adam, you know, I've been pretty inspired watching you, watching you fly around the world and, you know, do all these crazy things and you being so generous and you being so, uh, open with, you know, what's going on for you. That's, you know, that's inspired me just as a person to be more like that in my daily life, whether that's, you know, being generous to people I meet on the street or in the subway or, uh, yes. or that kind of thing. I think that I think that the sense of the sense of sharing and generosity that that I've experienced through the illustrators that I'm fortunate enough to know has has bled into my personal life and I find myself asking why you know why we can't do that you know why we can't do that in our lives. I when I was back in San Francisco, you know, I used to help throw events and you know, underground kind of events, creative artistic events, music events, stuff like that. And there was a lot of the same sense of generosity. And so, so this, this, this generosity, this openness, this idea, like you were talking about, Adam, the people in Bali really just openly sharing ideas and designs and not really worrying, worrying a little bit about ownership, but not so much that, you know, everyone's keeping everything a secret and, and, and people aren't sharing and growing together. That's, that's the real benefit I see to this, this kind of community. And that's, I think, something that goes beyond the business.
and now I feel like I'm rambling. So I'm gonna hand it over. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. That was that was one of the one of the other things that we sort of started talking about was you know how does your life as an artist affect you outside the hours that you're painting, um, and. I got an email from a guy in Italy recently, uh, another illustrator, and he was just sort of, he just sent me an email from my website asking, why do you do what you do and how did you get into it and those standard sort of questions. And I gave him an answer that I've given sort of a, a few people over the years when I've been asked that question. And it's this idea of when art becomes your path, it really becomes, becomes you and you become it and it becomes a part of, of everything that you do. And it connects you to the world. I think especially if, you're, if you do a lot of outdoor sketching or outdoor painting, you really learn to look at the world in a, in a very different way. And sometimes we forget how, how, how much that's had an effect on us, you know, and how many people may just walk through life without really stopping to, to observe what's around them. And, you know, for me, it's helped me connect with people. It's made me a very social person. It, it affects all areas of my life, uh, not just the time that I'm spending in front of the drawing table. I thought you were more of a digital guy. <laughs> I just see, I see more of it as a, uh, the, the, uh, the tablet. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm keeping everything else a secret until this year. All right. All right. <laughs> I think the, the most enjoyable moments for me since I started along the whole path have been the people that I've met at cafes, you know, people that are just inspired seeing another artist sketching or um, that strike up a conversation. And, you know, most of the best friendships that I have have been people that I've met in one way or another through through the art. Wow, that's that's not the experience I usually have with artists, not at all. Really? <clears throat> no, I some reason. I, well, the illustration community so far is. Well, been, you you have that hitting problem that you need to <laughs> probably work on. Yeah, probably. But <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I I never was able to really connect with the artist scene as much as I have with the illustration scene <laughs> and and I'm really happy that it, it that the field that I I want to concentrate in I, I really connect with those people and I don't know what it is and I, I've been meeting a lot of regular artists too and I just don't seem to connect and I, I wonder if it has something to do with um, just methods and uh, what's, ideas. what's the difference between a regular artist and an illustrator? Not much. <laughs> Not much. Ooh, it just, it, 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 at least, <laughs> well, it, at least in where I live, you know the the, fi the fine art scene in the neighborhood. You know the young kids, um, all the cool kids. It just it, it it seems it's more of a lifestyle than it is any anything talent based if that makes any sense i don't know if you've experienced artists like that where they seem to be artists just as you know you know the same way a, a biker rides a motorcycle but you know you don't know what he does all day he could be a banker he could be a baker mm -hmm. you don't but 
Are you talking about hipsters? <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, they still, you know, they go to art school. They're making art. They call, you know, they're artists, but you know, the, it's more they just chose to say that it more as a lifestyle choice. And they, you know, that you can't have a discussion with them about um, the things that we talk about, about how to get better and things like that, because that's not there. There's no need for that in their view of art. There, you don't have to be, right. you don't have to have any craft. What do you, what do you have to go to school for? That, but I mean, let's, let's let's say just the the people that you you have connected with, whether they're either illustrators or artists or none of the, the above. Do you think that being an artist or being an illustrator has, you know, added I guess a level of depth to your relationships with other people? Because for me, you know, it's it's given me a really good, at least a starting point for a discussion with someone. And generally, when you get into a really good discussion with someone. There's so much to explore there. Even if they, they have not a creative bone in their body, there's still so much to talk about and to share your experiences with life and the way that you look at the world with someone who maybe looks at the world in a very different way. Oh, yeah, I, I do. Uh, I, you know, I run, because I run the life drawing classes, I, I get to meet a lot of people. And yeah, yeah we, we definitely get to... I've made a lot of new friends just because of that, and and I'm really happy about that. And it, you know, it's relatively new, you know, to to me to be running these things and to be more part of the community than I realize. Um, because I, I I run it, I, I don't have the opportunity right now to to really go to all the other ones. But um, it is interesting that when you run something when you you become more a part of the of that community whether you want to or not um people talk about you and uh it's kind of cool um i got to i'll take that a step further and just say that you know you me and my you knows you don't have to run something external to to be to to emanate that I don't know that feeling to to get to what am I there's, I'm not saying this the way that I want to say this but if you 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 are running this this thing you are confident in running this thing um, maybe you don't always feel confident but you you probably run a pretty good show and everyone looks at you and says wow this guy knows what he's doing and I know I know that you know what you're doing so I feel comfortable saying that if if i think i think there's something about being an artist that there's you know there's challenges to feeling like you knowing what you're doing and i feel like it's it's the people who are willing to let go of you know their ego and get critique and really just commit to getting better and i feel like a lot you know a lot of the people at the imc are, are those people those I think that's not to, I, I don't want to say this and sound like a total douche, but like, I, I think that's an attractive quality. You know, when, when, you, when, you're, when you're confident enough to run a figure drawing workshop, take critique, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you're doing, when you're willing to throw yourself into something, damn the consequences. I, th I think that's, you know, I think it's an attractive quality. And, and, and to go back to something you said, Adam, I think that also makes, once, once you're willing to do that, I think it makes it easier to approach people 
you know, in cafes and find out what people's stories are, all is fodder for, you know, what we're doing creatively, all is, you know, we're, we're getting visuals, we're getting stories, all of this stuff is great for our work, but it's our work that also makes it possible for us to do those things, and it's, and it's a cycle, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I ran a, um, before I left for Bali, so I guess, it's about two years ago now, I ran an event called the Like Minds Collective and it was, I used to live in a big warehouse right in the middle of the city near Central Station and I felt like there was a bit of a lack in Sydney of, of genuine creative events. So there was a lot of sort of design conferences and things like that, but right, right. nothing that felt like the masterclass or like the original concept art workshops that were really intimate. and. I put this event on and we had life models and, and live music and stuff like that. And I put the word out to all of the artists that I knew locally. And what really amazed me was that probably more than half of the people who turned up had nothing to do with illustration or, or art. They were friends of friends or people who were just interested in seeing what was going on. And because there were so many, or, or at least there was a handful of really good artists in the room that their enthusiasm for what they do was so infectious that I've been in touch with so many of these people afterwards and they're now becoming illustrators or at least they're going to life drawing or something like and having that room just with a with a small group of really pumped people that really love what they do then trickled on to like another 50 people or something like that who've now gone on to to pursue that so that's infectious that's that's the kind of effect that I really love seeing artists having on on other people so what happens when you're not feeling that infectious vibe i mean i I know that we all go through times when we're not getting work but but i'm not just talking about that i mean i'm really talking about the times and i and i've i've gone through this probably five times in the last year where you look at everything you did or everything you've got in your portfolio and go everything ah this is all crap I don't know what I'm doing. Why? Like I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going through the motions here. I'm just doing another assignment. I'm not really, it's not feeding me. You know, what do you do? What do you do when you, when you hit those moments? <laughs> yeah, I feel I, I was just talking to uh, Jim Pavlik about that last week about feeling like a, uh, like a hack. Like, like I, yeah, like I don't know what I'm doing and how am I getting through this? But the interesting thing is that, uh, even the most successful people that you want to be like, they feel the same thing. So that's cool to know. I I think that's true, but I mean, and that's great to know at some point that's great to know, but also at some point you're sitting at your tablet or book going, what am I going to do right now? Everything I'm doing is worthless. You know, whatever these, these thoughts you have. Yeah, I, I really like um, the crash, burn, and destroy method of just completely <laughs> completely changing what you're doing. I mean, for me, <clears throat> most of my work, the vast majority of my work is digital. And so if I find myself with either self-imposed or externally imposed uh, free time, in quotation marks, then the first thing I'll usually do is pack the computer up or at least put a sheet over it or hide it in the corner of the room somewhere and force myself to do something, you know, completely outside my comfort zone. Uh, And I was really fortunate 
this month I have a friend putting on an exhibition called Focus Interrupted uh, and it's a group show and his whole reasoning behind it was to get artists to completely do something out of their comfort zone. Uh, and so he, he's making me do these oil paintings that I'm finding really challenging. They're large scale, figurative, uh, just a whole bunch of stuff that I've never done before. And that has led me down all these different paths of inquiry, just, just mentally and just the reading that I've been doing has all stemmed from that, that awesome. big break in what I've been doing, you know. So I, I would think totally, what, I would totally plagiarize someone because that's way outside my comfort zone. <laughs> You're like, here's an, Aaron, here's an Aaron Miller. I signed it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, Adam, I interrupted you. Sorry, what were you saying? You know, that, that's it. I mean, yeah, I think just breaking your comfort zone and, and doing something that's really challenging for you will, you know, may still be really difficult and it may not feel like it's getting you out of a slump, but. I think if it leads you down some new path, then it, it's got to be good, right? I think that's so, so true. I think that w some of the stuff that's made me better as an artist is the stuff that I'll do socially where, you know, do something silly like go out to an event where I'm sure I'm not going to know anybody and, and make and just go for three hours and, and yeah. you know, be be there and talk to people and like force myself to step out of that comfort zone and, and do that kind of thing. Or, I mean, I, when I was out in San Francisco, I actually knew, <laughs> since we're sharing, I knew some guys who ran, <laughs> ran a pickup workshop and some of these guys are actually mentioned in, in the book, the game, but this was, you know, these, these, <laughs> these guys were really going out and really pushing their comfort zones. And while, you know, that wasn't my scene, I knew these guys and we talked a lot about this stuff and there was a lot of similarities in, in terms of what we were doing. You know, we were we were all trying to we were all trying to sort of figure this thing out that is unfigureoutable. In my case, it was digital. In their case, it was women. Um, and 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 I posit that neither are solvable. But <laughs> but but you know, we're, we're we're both we're both saying, okay, so what can we do? Like, what exercises can we do that will help us when it comes down to sitting down at the canvas, or you know, in our in their case, you know, meet, meeting the girl that you know, meeting the girl that they want to meet. And, and I think it's, again, it's like, a, it's like another cycle, you know, I, in, in order to become a better artist, I need to do things that are completely seemingly unrelated to anything technical about what I'm doing as an artist. You know, it has nothing to do with painting, but it has to do with being willing to, you know, willing to take, willing to take risks. But I think that's just too simple. And I think that it's, I think that, you know, people say that and, and people hear it and they go, yeah, 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 no, I get it. Like, I know take risks. I know try new stuff. And then they're trying the same old stuff and they're getting stuck in the same ruts. I mean, I think what you're talking about, Adam, is great because it's like, really, do something that you haven't done. Like, pick up a medium that you don't know and try yeah. using it. Or go out to, you know, go go out and do something socially that is really, really confronting or really kind of edgy for you that you know, you kind of maybe wish you could do or afraid of doing or whatever and, and put that fear behind you because a lot of what stops us and a lot of what happens when we get into those moments of, oh my God, my entire portfolio is crap. It's, you know, it's fear. It's fear of failure. It's fear of success. It's, you know, it's fear of all these things. And I think that the more we do in our lives to face our fears and to get past them and realize, you know, it's not so bad, I, I think that really helps us as artists. 
Yeah, and I think the danger is is you know as soon as you've got a bit of free time, you if you freak out, if you if you become afraid of all of those possibilities, then it's really easy to fall back on what you've already been doing, and you create you know as I say to my girlfriend, just another castle on a hill, because that's that's just what comes out of the of the wake home. You know, you sit down, you you go through the same motions, and you turn out another piece that's exactly the same, uh, and there's no sense of satisfaction or development in that. I, I guess once you've got a portfolio together, the it's the law of diminishing returns. You know, the more you do of that same painting, the less it really feels like you're making progress. Um, this month I started writing, which is something that I did a lot of when I was when I was young, when I was a kid, and then I kind of left it for for this whole time that I've been visually an artist. And I've picked it up again this month, and it's extremely challenging, um, very confronting, but also really, really fascinating to see this complete other world, this writing community that's exactly like the art community online, and all of the challenges that they go through are the same. But then there's all these differences in the medium as well, and it's oh just this this whole other world. And even the smallest little improvements that I make, or the the smallest little miles that I make, you know, writing a thousand words in a day and, and all these little things that. So we're back. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Sorry you got cut off, Adam, but we, um, we just were talking and it seems like everything's cool. Uh, the last question that I've got kind of from our conversation previously, Adam, is what you know, what are you trying to contribute to the world, if anything, through your art? Is there is there something that you're trying to achieve, not just personally for yourself, but 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 anything out there beyond yourself? Uh, for me, yeah, definitely. Um, this is this is a really big thing for me, and it's kind of the only thing that really matters for me. Um, I think once I had my first taste of. of sort of commercial success and, and had my first few successful freelance jobs, that the thrill of that, I guess, kind of wore off pretty quickly on me. And um, I started to question, you know, what what is this all about for me and what do I want in the long, long term? And I've always been really into storytelling and I grew up with a lot of stories around me. My mom did a lot of work with different uh, sort of tribal elders from around the world, Mayans and North American Indians and uh, all, all sorts of stuff. And I think that what I grew up with was a really vivid sense of the imagination and what's possible with that. And I was reading something recently, and I forget what it was. It might have been Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces, but it was talking about this idea that we have what is what we know, the world that we see around us, and then we have our imagination and we can we can create a picture of what's possible. And that creates in between those two, there's a there's a divide. And that um, that divide or that that difference between those two is the motivation that drives mankind to improve. So we, we have what is and we see what's possible and we, we see the difference and that in itself is motivation to do something about it. And so, you know, when, when I've been asked, you know, why do you do illustration and in particular, why do you do fantasy or sci-fi illustration? I think it is that it's creating a picture of something that's possible that we don't have, that we look up to, that we see as virtuous or good and then giving that to the world as a, as an image to say, here, what if could be like this, you know, and 
above and beyond that, then there's all the other stuff that we've spoken about, about meeting other people and, and sharing our passion for what we do with other people and, and waking people up to what's possible for them in their life. Great. Aaron, you need to follow that up. <laughs> well, not, not that I disagree at all. Don't I don't want to get that going, but I I when I start thinking about what I'm doing or how it's going to try and change the world or affect anything, I feel I feel like it stifles me. Like there's too much responsibility and when I stopped painting uh, a long time ago and got into design, part of that was because I, I thought too much about it and felt that, you know, I wasn't good enough to add anything to the community. I wasn't, there, there was nothing that, that I had to say that anyone cared about. So why should I paint? And if I didn't have anything anyone cared about to say, then it wouldn't come across in the painting. And, and if that was the case, then there's no reason to paint. There's no reason to create anything. So for me, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to run a thousand miles in the opposite direction of, of having to worry about that. I like the idea that if I did something, it could possibly help some help someone or be important in some way, but I'd rather arrive there unconscious of it. I think I think that's exactly right. I think it's it's about, you know, you, you just do what you do because you enjoy it or because you're interested in it. And just by virtue of that, you don't have to preconceive it or, or strategize about it. I think just doing what you do is inspirational. Uh, you know, and, and, and I'm so inspired by all the other artists I meet and I don't think any of them are particularly trying to change the world. But they are just by being who they are. You know, just just by being dedicated every day to doing something is enough. You know. Well, you, I agree, and, but but I just had that problem where I, I thought I had to have I had to have that uh, I had I had to have a a message mm. that it had to be there from the beginning in order for the paintings to come out that I. <laughs> well, yeah. The Maybe time. you're confusing yourself with a regular artist now. <laughs> oh no, I, I, that. I can, I can, I can go get anything. Chloe. I can go get Chloe right now. Oh. We can get her right back on the line. And we can talk about that. And yeah. getting away from that <laughs> has been the best thing for me artistically ever. And, and the and the messages will will start arriving on their own, which I think where Adam is probably getting to that point maybe in his career where, you know the the, uh, at least for me I'm in the stage of process, everything about that's important to me is is how to get it done, how how to get there, and once once you conquer that then you start thinking about what you're doing and why you're doing it and and then those paintings can be a lot more meaningful see so, a, a really great example i think uh of an established artist who who puts those principles into action is richard schmid because you know you look at his stuff and he's he's certainly not there's no sense of forced in his work there's no agenda or 
you know, he's not trying to push an idea on you. It's, it's just virtuoso painting. But at the same time, you know, he talks a lot about the artist's obligation to be introspective and how every painting is a self portrait and about how, you know, when he paints a flower, he's trying to communicate how he sees the flower. And, you know, you may not even like the subject matter, but there's, there's a sense of, at least I find there's a sense of grandeur when I look at his stuff of like, wow, look at what he saw in a flower or a barn, you know, that makes you look at the world and go, yeah, that's pretty damn amazing, even if it's something that I walk past every day. And I think that that kind of maturity just comes with, with the age and experience and, um, you know, your skill in painting and it just naturally emerges as your voice. Yeah, I could see that. I could totally see that. Oh yeah, no, I'm here. Uh, that there was a, did there was a rabid dog barking? <laughs> Zombie dog apocalypse. <laughs> it's very late for some of us, and it's very early for the rest of us. I I think that you guys have have hit multiple nails directly on the head. At, at the risk of sounding, at the risk of sounding, you know, oversimplistic, what. You know, re- really, what I want to do is make great work that inspires people. I, I, and I hear what you're saying, Adam, and that, and and that resonates. That really makes a lot of sense to me. You know, I'm I'm trying to create work that feels like I'm putting, you know, my vision into it. I'm putting my voice into it. I'm I'm, sa- you know, not necessarily saying something like, oh, this piece is about you know world peace, but like. I, I'm I'm putting emotion into it, and if that emotion can, can or if my work can spark an emotion in somebody else, then I then I think I've succeeded. If my dedication to this inspires somebody else, then I've succeeded. If you know, if I if I've communicated something to somebody, th- then I've succeeded. And if I've had the if opportunity, they bought a print. <laughs> if they bought a print, it's not even you know it's not even about that. If I if I've if I've managed to teach somebody something through either these podcasts or my actual teaching or doing the work that I do, that's a success. I mean, for, for me, can you guys hear that really annoying beeping too? This is like the podcast of stuff in the background. This is like <laughs> birds and birds dogs and, and backing up trucks. Yeah, man, It's not even a truck. It's like a minivan. I live in this neighborhood with like 10,000 kids and they have minivans with those beep lights things on the back. Um, yeah, you know, I I wish I had a more sort of philanthropic answer, but really I'm trying to connect with something very creative and something very deep, or it feels very deep to me, and put that out there in the world in a way that touches people, in a way that touches people. Right. I, I, one, of the, one of the really interesting things that happened recently that I saw was uh, when the tsunami happened in Japan. And there was this sudden outpouring of, of effort from these artists all around the world, auctioning things and making books. And there was just this sudden avalanche. I don't know if you guys got, got caught up in that, but there was this whole um, movement of people creating art around that. And, and I just found that fascinating. And I think a lot of the guys that I spoke to who were doing it said that you know they work a nine to five. They might work for a film studio or a game company or something like that. And it was the first chance that they'd sort of been handed to do something that they felt immediately could have an effect on the world in a, in a good way, you know. And it was just a, 
you know, some of them just did 10 minute sketches or little digital speed paintings. But I think a lot of people maybe feel like their work goes to a product or goes to a, you know, a movie or a game or to magic cards and these things that are great and, and, and are, you know, um, full of imagination. But at the same time, they're, they're, they really are at the end of the day selling a product. And uh, it was pretty amazing to see these people get so excited about doing something that was just purely philanthropic, you know. Yeah, I got caught up in, in looking at a bunch of it. I just didn't find I had the time to think of anything cool. I felt I was outcooled so quickly. So I was like, oh, well. Well, this might be a good time to kind of close things up. Is there is there anything on any of these topics that you guys want to want to touch back on or, or say any closing words? Or not? Sorry for being so vague. We are artists, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, well, hey, look, it's been great. It's been great having you on the show on the podcast, Adam. I think that you brought. I think you brought something really special tonight. Um, and thanks, Aaron, for you know showing up again. Oh, come <laughs> on, it's not that bad, is it? Who, would you rather have had someone else? No, Aaron, you're my you're my favorite. Absolutely. Yeah, you are right. my favorite. Okay, sure. Just keep saying that. Yeah, I mean, don't tell anyone else, but. Um, and Adam, we're gonna see you for the. We're gonna see you again at the IMC. That is that right? Hell yeah! Oh, that's great. You're bringing. It, yeah, that's kind of bringing exciting. some some uh, some Aussies up. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole bunch of us coming. There's a group of five, and uh, we're doing a bit of an East Coast West Coast thing. So that should be a lot of fun. That's fantastic. And you're gonna go. You were telling me you're gonna do some plein air painting up in the Catskills the week before, right? Yeah, I'd love to get some people together. If anyone before masterclass is hanging around doing nothing, then uh, we're going to spend about five days up in Hunter, um, doing some plain air stuff, and then uh, yeah, I'll have a couple of weeks in New York. So I'd love to catch up with everyone. Great, yeah, Hunter's wow. beautiful, and especially that time of year, it's going to be amazing. All right, well, thanks everybody. Thanks again for listening. We invite you to visit DrawnToday.com for links to our members and their works, as well as an archive of previous episodes. You can also subscribe to the Drawn Today podcast on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at @DrawnToday. If you have a comment, a question, or a topic suggestion, please send it to us at DrawnToday at gmail.com. Drawn Today is a proud member of the Visual Artists Podcast Network, where you can find this and other great podcasts about art and illustration. We'd like to thank Zoe Keating for the music on today's episode. You can find more about her and her music at zoekeating.com.